Hi everyone, welcome back to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast. Today we will cover refugee medicine. We will focus on the different terminologies and aspects of the medical visit, including history, physical exam, laboratory workup, and vaccination criteria. Let's start with the different terminologies. What does being a refugee mean? A refugee is a person fleeing from persecution due to race, national origin, religion, political opinion, or membership in a particular social group. To qualify for refugee status, the person must have crossed an international border to a new country that will host him temporarily until he gets a permanent settlement. It is important to know refugees are eligible to health insurance based on the state's criteria for Medicaid and medical assistance. Another pathway for citizenship is obtaining a special immigrant visa called SIV. This is mainly for people who worked as interpreters or contractors in collaboration with the U.S. military in Iraq or Afghanistan and who now seek safety in the United States. The person's spouse and children can also qualify for this type of visa, and they are also generally eligible for coverage through Medicaid and a children's health insurance program if they meet specific criteria. Asylum seekers are people who is also fleeing in persecution from their home country. Still, they apply for asylum either at the border or from within the United States. Seeking asylum is not something that can be done from an embassy or their home. Individuals may file for asylum only if they're physically in the United States or at the port of entry. Unlike refugees who received a guaranteed health benefit upon arrival into the U.S., asylum seekers, unfortunately, do not receive a health benefit. They are more likely to be uninsured. Still, if they are granted asylum, they are eligible for health and other benefits similar to a refugee. Now, moving forward, we will discuss the elements of history that we should focus on when we meet a refugee on the first medical visit. It is essential to do a thorough history and physical exam, including a review of systems. The history can include all of their past medical history, social history, family history, allergies, and it is also important to ask about over-the-counter medications like different types of herbs that we may not be familiar with. The history can also include um, their country of origin, time spent in detention or in an intermediate country, and social and environmental conditions before arriving to the U.S. It is helpful to explain to the migrant that this exploration is essential to their health and will not impact their legal status. Don't forget to screen for mental health conditions like trauma, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. Symptoms classically associated with mental health problems are insomnia, changes in the appetite and eating behaviors, nightmares, muscle tension, headaches, and or diffuse body pain with no known etiology. Moving to the physical exam, findings can reveal a wide range of underlying diseases, from leprosy to congenital heart diseases or physical evidence of abuse or trauma. In a forensic medical evaluation for an asylum seeker, these injuries are important to identify in establishing the case for asylum. Providers should be aware that for some patients, this may be their first full physical exam ever. All steps should be clearly explained and same-sex examiners or chaperones should be provided if they request one. 
Nutritional status should be assessed for all patients. Growth and development measures such as height, weight, head circumference in children should be recorded. Always ask for permission to remove any religious head coverings or other garments. If an in-person interpreter is available, you should consider having the interpreter stand behind the curtains during that exam. For laboratory workup, we can start with general exams like a CBC, UA, lipid profile, age-appropriate cancer screening tests, serum chemistry, glucose, for example, you can also add a hemoglobin A1c if the patient has an underlying history of diabetes. Infectious workup with um, a hepatitis viral panel, including hepatitis A, B, and C serologies, should be performed. In regards to the STI screening, the CDC recommends at least having HIV and syphilis testing in all refugees if it has not been done at the pre-departure screening. Clinicians can also consider adding gonorrhea and chlamydia via nucleic acid amplification testing if the patient has risk factors. Tuberculosis screening with either tuberculin skin testing or interferon gamma release assay, IGRA, can be done. For patients who have a history of BCG vaccine, IGRA is recommended as TST may be falsely positive. Urine pregnancy test is important for reproductive age women, especially prior to administration of any of the live virus vaccines. In regards to intestinal parasites, we can do serologies for histosoma in all refugees from sub-Saharan Africa and strongyloidiasis in all refugees with, if presumptive pre-departure treatment has not been given. Immunization titers like MMR and varicella titers can also be done. You can also consider lead exposure screening blood test in, if they meet the following criteria. Refugee infants and children less than 16 years of age. Refugees adolescents more than 16 years of age if there is a high index of suspicious or clinical signs and symptoms of lead exposure also can test in all pregnant and lactating women and girls. Remember that all newly arrived pregnant or breastfeeding women should be prescribed aprinatal or multivitamin with adequate iron and calcium. Now we're going to move with the vaccination. U.S.-bound refugees are not required to receive vaccinations before arrival into the United States. However, most new arrivals receive some age-appropriate vaccination through the Overseas Vaccination Program for U.S.-bound refugees. It is important to review all available vaccine records. Vaccine doses administered outside the United States should be accepted as valid if the schedule and doses are compatible with our recommendations. Checking for laboratory evidence of immunity with antibody levels is an acceptable alternative. Most refugees are familiar with the importance of vaccines and the need of boosters, but they may be less familiar with the need for a primary care visit or preventive medicine and health maintenance. So it's important to establish a good relationship with your patients and regular follow-ups. Navigating through the health system can be very, very challenging for these patients, as some of them may or may not have insurance depending on their status. The largest provider of underserved care in the U.S. is the Federal Qualified Health Centers, also called the FQHCS, which 
must provide urgent and ongoing care to any individual who presents there, regardless of their ability to pay or immigration status, though not explicitly offering free care. There is also a federal program for medication cost assistance called the 340B Drug Pricing Program, which allows certain hospitals and clinics to purchase medication at reduced costs, which can then be passed on to individuals who have limited financial resources. One of the easiest things to do as a clinician to help control the patient's cost is to use generic medications instead of brand names whenever it's medically appropriate. Additionally, two websites can also be used to find the cheapest medications for options for them. And these are www.blinkhealth.com and www.goodrx.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts.